Hey everyone, welcome to We Weren't Friends in High School, the podcast where I reunite with high school classmates from my graduating class of Wissahickon High School in the suburbs of Philadelphia. I'm Brad Corbett, class of 2001. I want to thank Monica Shukri for episode 235, available in the archives everywhere you get your podcasts, also at youtube.com slash redshirtplaya. Go subscribe and check out those videos there. Also, follow the podcast on Facebook and Instagram at We Weren't Friends in High School. This week, my guest is Adam Salter. I mentioned before, Adam was someone that I always liked talking to in high school. We had a common bond in our interest of music, and I learned some things about music and the world of underground hip-hop from Adam. We'll talk about a little bit of that during our conversation. And this is another case of not talking to someone at all since high school. So I was excited to just catch up in general with Adam. Here's my conversation with Adam Salter. Yeah, man. How are you? Good, man. How you been? Good. It's been so long. It's been a long time. I know. I know. Yeah, man. I'm, uh, I'm happy for you that, you know, this thing's been going on a while. I, uh, forget where I first saw it. I don't know if it was LinkedIn or somewhere on the internet. So, um, yeah, man, appreciate you having me on. Yeah, absolutely, man. So I, I told you when I messaged you, like, I've got so many great memories uh, growing up, like in high school, middle school with you um, mm-hmm. on the podcast. I often talk about, you know, we talk about like the hierarchy of the social structure, cool kids and popular kids, nerds, whatever. Um, and I felt like I didn't really fall necessarily in um, a, a name, but I knew I wasn't in the cool kid crowd. Mm-hmm. Um, but I definitely looked at you as one of the cool kids. But you were one of the very few cool kids that I actually like felt like I could talk to in school, middle school and high school. I always just kind of remember having great conversations with you, generally music based, but always since middle school, I constantly remember always talking to you. Yeah, man, I appreciate I, Man, cool kid. I don't know about all that. But, <laughs> no, man, it's it's so funny when, you know, you look back now and like, think about all that. And, you know, we all watch everyone's in the TV series now and just the way kids in high school are portrayed. And, uh, you know, everyone thinks back like, man, was I like that or whatever? But yeah, it's funny you say that. Like, I remember, obviously we were in TV lab, uh, senior year. And I think that year, like preparing to go to college, I just kind of try to throw that out the window and not, you know, think about who was considered what or status and just tried to talk to everyone. Um, and I'm glad I did that. You know, I wish I would have been more like that throughout, you know, um, my entire education, but I think obviously a lot of people look back and, uh, you know, there's certain things they would have done differently. So yeah, man, I appreciate the compliment, I guess. <laughs> you know, I felt like you were putting putting in that work at least, you know, with around me, you know, besides senior year. Yeah. Yeah. No, I appreciate that. Um, yeah, man, you were, you were always very outgoing. Like for my, you, the thing about you, like no matter what you considered yourself, like you talked to everyone, like you, uh, you didn't care. Like, you know, you were, uh, you, you know, you didn't hold back. So no, I, I appreciated that about you. And I'm not surprised you have a podcast today. Yeah. Right. right. <laughs> yeah. To figure out, talk to everyone, even if they didn't want to be, want to be talked to. And that was like, that was the yeah. difference I felt like with, with you is like some people would let me know it. Uh, that I was yeah. getting on the nerves or like, hey, dude, what the what the hell are we talking about right now? But like you never really showed it. So um, that was what always like very fun, always music based. But I remember like just yeah. like Eminem, Tupac. Um, I remember when Outkast came out, when uh, Stank yeah. Anya first came out and I heard yeah. 
Miss Jackson on Power yeah. 99. I remember the next day, dude, I was like, first time, first minute I saw, he's like, Adam, there's this new Outcast song. It's like, I'm sorry, Miss Parker. <laughs> I mean it right now. I couldn't even remember the fucking song was going. And I'm like trying to tell you the song. You're like, word, really? <laughs> yeah, man. Um, definitely still into the music. Um, you know, it's funny, like back then going, you know, going back to what I was saying about just kind of thinking back, um, you know, to that note, it's funny when you think about it, then that was one of really one of the only things we had was, was music, you know, like when I would have some extra money, I'd go buy like a, like a CD, you know, like we'd go to the wall or like Sam Goody. We didn't, you know, we didn't have cell phones or inter internet then. So, um, yeah, I, you know, I'm, I'm definitely still a big music person, but it's just kind of funny how, um, you know, things have changed and, and we've got to see it firsthand, you know, just such a monumental shift. But um, yeah, no, back then music was like music was was everything, you know, what else? What else were we doing? So, <laughs> yeah, it was uh, it was definitely like kind of the lifeblood. And, and we always I think with our memories, we often use music as kind of those markers of, oh, here's this song. Here's this song. I remember where I was in life. I remember where of I was course. in life. Um, oh, yeah, of man. course, we'll, we'll do that. And we could talk about it a little bit later. I always like to ask who was your your favorite artist. Um, I'm yeah. sure I, I know who it is. Uh, <laughs> I wore a fucking t-shirt for you here. Of uh, I don't know if you can see this. I'm rocking. Yeah, yeah, I can see the top. Oh, is that it's Juice? Okay. Yeah, yeah, of course, man. Classic. Love it. Um, but yeah, just music is such a such a great marker. So that's probably why one of the biggest reasons also that you just stand out because as these things were coming out, we'd always like we'd always chat it up about it. Um, yeah. But when did you, uh, I don't know, when, it's always my first question, when did you come into, like, was it Hicken? Were you born in the area? Yeah, man. So I, um, yeah, I was, uh, I was born in Narstown, um, lived in an apartment in St. David's, like Wayne area with my parents until um, I was two, I guess. And then we moved to Bluebell. Um, and yeah, that's, that's where I lived, you know, my whole childhood. Um, I went to Stony Creek Elementary School. So yeah, man, I was always with Hicken, um, Stony Creek to uh to middle school and, and high school. My family's still in the same house today. Oh wow, really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's interesting. Very few of have are still in those same. I can't think Kim Clauder uh yeah. still in the same in the same spot. Mm -hmm. So that's cool. Yeah, man. Um, who yeah. were you hanging out with as a as a kid before like getting into middle school, high school, just growing up elementary school? Yeah, oh man. <sighs> people people I don't talk to now unfortunately um I had a good friend Zach when he was like one of my first good friends when I was really young um and he moved to Singapore actually uh when I was it was before middle school um so he was like one of my first really good friends in like you know like first grade um uh, I'm trying to think who else, obviously kids in the neighborhood, you know, that you probably wouldn't be familiar with some of them. Cause they, I lived right across the street from, um, St. Helena's oh, yeah, yeah. familiar in Bluebell. So yeah. a lot of Catholic, uh, a lot of Catholic school kids in my neighborhood too. Um, what's the Hicken wise? Um, I don't know if you remember Alex Fiambolis at all. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So he, that, he, that was like, you know, that was like Stony Creek days, like, like early on, you know? Um, but yeah, that was, that was probably like, you know, one, my two like early best friends when I was, you know, I don't know, six years old, seven, you know, eight, um, when you first started having the sleepovers and stuff like that. Um, yeah. And then, you know, just as you kind of get older, you know, you keep in touch with people, but, um, you get some new friends, obviously. Um, 
Yeah. So Alex and Zach, and then I feel like Steve Taylor um, and Drew Douglas, I don't know if you remember them. They were yeah. in my second grade cl- class with Mrs. Kalecki. Okay. Um, and that, I wasn't really friends with them at that point. They both played soccer, uh, whip pain wave. I don't know if you remember <laughs> the, uh, like the green whip pain wave, like soccer jackets, you know? No, no, no. I, I was ambler. So I didn't do whip pain. I did one year of basketball. When I think when I got to shady Grove, I started doing WRA basketball and I did okay. maybe like one year of soccer. Okay. Um, yeah. But it was such a different world for me. I was not a, I was not like a, a soccer guy at all. Yeah, I never was either, man. I, I definitely I played WRA too, uh, basketball, but no, I was never I was never into soccer um, as popular as it was. But yeah, it was like that was kind of the first like team you wanted to make when you were young was the whip pain wave, you know, get, get the green jacket. Um, but yeah, so Dude, um, yeah, so seems so competitive. It seems yeah. So, I yeah, remember man. like baseball and Ambler was like whatever, you know, and then you get to you get to majors and it's like okay, it's player pit player pitch kids are throwing at you and shit <laughs> but then like i remember it like whip pain for me was like a such a different world because i didn't know anybody like in whip pain i didn't grow up in the area i didn't okay. go to bluebell i was in okay. i was at madison avenue and then moving to shady grove so i didn't know anybody and i'm like playing with these like chris salvides and, oh yeah i remember and, chris, and, yeah, yeah. And pete janix yeah, yeah. and i'm like who the fuck are these kids you know <laughs> just getting my ass kicked <laughs> Yeah, man. I mean, you know, pre-internet, like I said, that's, that's an, another thing on the, on the short list of things we did was, you know, sports. When I had free time, I was probably outside. Like if I wasn't listening to music, playing basketball or football or, you know, whatever until, uh, until we, until instant messenger finally came around yeah. at least. So, and that kind of, that was kind of the turning point there. Yeah. You weren't a video game kid. Oh no, man. Huge, huge video game person. Um, that was like my first big uh, gift for the holidays. I got Genesis actually. So I didn't have Nintendo. All my friends had Nintendo and I was like the only one that didn't have it. So I was like, oh, I got like, I have to get something. And um, Genesis had come out. That was the first Christmas that it was out. You know, and I asked Santa Claus for it um, and I got it. And I'm trying to think what year that was. It was, I think, second grade. It was either second or third grade. I'm pretty sure. I was sure. going to say, it's going to be like a 91, 92. Yeah, yeah. And it came with um, Altered Beasts and yes. uh, and Ghouls and Ghosts I got as like the, uh, you know, another game that came with it. But yeah, man, that was like my biggest like Christmas gift ever. I just remember getting that. It was such a big deal. And uh, yeah, dude, I played Sega like nonstop all the time. Um, that was, you know, that was definitely probably the longest I, you know, played like a single system. Um, the next one, I guess was Nintendo 64. Yeah. That um, was the next jump up. Yeah. From there. And and then obviously with, you know, Mario 64, um, Zelda, uh, yeah. Mario Kart, all those, all those games. So yeah, man, no, I've, I still play video games. Actually. I don't, I don't have as much time unfortunately yeah. to do so, but, um, yeah, I try to, I try to work it in when I can. It's uh, for me, it's just, you know, one of the things that just kind of helps me um, just decompress, you know, and, uh, and unwind, you know, just kind of forget about everything going on. So again, not a lot of time to do it, but try to when I can. I was a Nintendo kid and then I made the jump yeah. to Sega, but like 
it was. I remember the stress of those games were so expensive back then, right? Like yeah, 40, I think they're all fifty. Yeah, I think new games have always been like what 50, 60 bucks, something like that. But it seemed like it was like it was such a thing to go to Toys R Us and get the uh, little yeah. slip of paper. Yeah, you get you the slip, take right? The <laughs> take it behind the counter. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, like you always got like you look at the systems like all right, I get these two games. You're not that fire. I got to get something. I get yeah. like one more game with it. But then, yeah. like, I'd be sitting, you beat that game in, like, a month, and then you're just kind of sitting with it. Yeah, yeah, then you're stuck. Yeah, no, as, every, I hate- as things got so much into, like, sporting games where and, and like, uh, and role-playing games where you had, you know, combos and you had to remember stuff, I was not good at that. Yeah, no, those games are tough, man. Like, even now, like, I have, uh, like, for, I don't have PS5 or any of the new systems yet. I'm hoping to get PS5, um... For this I, was hoping to get it for, I was hoping to get it for the holidays, but unfortunately it looks like you're still not going to be able to walk into a GameStop and buy one. So I guess I'll stick with PS4 a little longer. I have Switch as well. But, um, you know, I actually have, I've had it for years, like an old, uh, it's like a Sega Genesis collection. I'm sure you know, there's like a yeah, bunch yeah. of them. I don't play it a ton, but I'm just like, man, these games are hard. Like, I'm just like wondering how I was like good at these games, you know, when I was like eight years old I and to, uh, I can't play them now. So I used to think the graphics were so good. I used to, oh, yeah, yeah. And now I look back at these and I go, man, like double dribble sucks. These graphics <laughs> are the worst. Uh, what bulls versus blazers yeah uh, no, no jordan versus bird oh yeah man but it's funny that you said because like when genesis came out like it was like oh man it was like 16-bit graphics you know, it, was, it was such a big deal compared to nintendo and uh you know we look at it now and it's like i was at uh um my my uh brother and sisters-in-law's uh, house the other night watching my nephew play madden and i'm like for a second like just out of, out of you know the quarter of my eye i thought it was i thought he was watching a live game you know, mm-hmm. and I'm just like, oh, like shit, this is this actually Madden. Like, so yeah, it's just crazy, man. It's you know, and you you just think about in another, you know, whatever, 10, 20 years, what it'll look like. You know, I guess it'll I guess it'll all be VR at that point. Yeah, you'll actually have to be running. Yeah, right. <laughs> I knew Madden when I knew that was the moment for me to check out a video games when I was go- I was over at a, a guy's house and uh everyone was blocking field goals. Like field goals were hard to get, they weren't gimmies. Yeah. And extra points. And I was like, Oh, I'm not in, I'm not made out for this. I can't do this. <laughs> You mentioned uh, when you got to middle school, like friends kind of changed up. That was always like a kind of a big part of me wanting to do this podcast because I would think about people that I felt like in elementary school, especially for me, like coming from Ambler, where it's a much smaller group in Madison Mm -hmm. Avenue, which only goes to third grade. And then you move to Shady Grove, uh, which went to fifth grade. But you kind of like as the school pool gets bigger, you lose track of everyone that you kind of were hanging out with. Yeah. um, Unless there's a real solid connection with somebody. Um, for you, what was, what was the thing that maybe helped you maybe started your new group of friends or what started solidifying who you were hanging out with as you were getting older? And it's a, it's a great question. Um, I, yeah, it's funny. I remember I was just, who was I talking with about this? Um, I don't remember maybe my nephew, someone that's going into middle school, but the point was, I remember that first day of middle school, just walking into, um, everyone was in the uh, the gym, like kind of toward the back. Like if you go in the main entrance where like the swimming pool used to be and you keep going straight Mm. that gym toward the back, um, everyone was in the bleachers there. And I had to be like one of the last people in. And I remember just walking in like, you know, and obviously I knew the people from Stony Creek, but I think I'm pretty sure Stony Creek was the, was like the smallest of the three in terms of elementary schools. I don't know for sure. I know Shady Grove was the biggest. Yeah. Shady was Um, big. 
Yeah. So I just remember it like walking in and, you know, a lot of people were already kind of sitting together because they knew each other. And I'm just like, like, I didn't, <laughs> it seemed like I didn't know anyone. Um, and I remember I got put in B pod um, and like a pod was like, everyone was like, Oh, a pods like the, you know, that's like the coolest pod. So I was like mad. I didn't get put in a pod. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I was in B pod. And I think that's, I think that's probably like kind of how, for me and a lot of people, we started gravitating toward like meeting new people and making new friends was what pod you were in, you know, cause you didn't really, they should do that different. Like, I don't know if they still do it like that today, but they should have done it differently. Cause you think about it. Like, remember, like, were you there in sixth grade? I don't remember. Yeah. 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 I was six okay. C. So you were, I was just going to say, so C pod, you guys were like on the, on like the bottom floor. Like we had as soon A-pod. as you walk in the building, Yeah, we had a pod and B pod up top and then C pod was on the bottom. So like a pod, I would at least like see in the hallway, but like, I never saw C pod. Like right. I, you know, so it was just like, there was no like opportunity to connect with those people. So, um, they should have done that, like mixed it up differently. But yeah, I think for me, that's just kind of how it started just in terms of meeting people. Um, and then like through just like sports and stuff like that, um, or, or trying out for sports, just extracurricular stuff. Um, I was in chorus just to go to, you know, get to go to Hershey park. Wow. Um, yeah. So like that, I obviously met some people in there. Um, I think we didn't we have like the camping trip at the end of the year. Camp Canadensis, right? Yeah. Was that it? Yeah. And then like, you know, by that point I had already like, you know, kind of like made some acquaintances with people from other pods. So that kind of helped like to, to make some new friends. Um, but yeah, I think that's just kind of how it started. And then, you know, every year you got a new pod. Um, I think I was in B pod every year, actually, maybe, I think eighth grade, I was in A. I know I was in, I think, I don't, actually, dude, I don't remember. That tracks. I was going to say, I was 7B and I was 8A. So that would track if I have like these like kind of benchmark memories of like different stuff around you. Yeah. That would make sense then. It was the same pod for seventh and eighth. Yeah. I had Mr. Foch, Mrs. Parker, um, Schweighauser. Yeah. Schweighauser. Yeah. Yeah. So that was B pod, right? Yeah. That was B. I think it was B pod. Yeah. Yeah. And so eighth so, yeah. grade was like uh, England Gordon. And yeah. Evans yeah. and uh, Atkinson. Yeah. I think, were you in my science class with England Gordon? Yeah. That sounds right. It was like me, you, Steve Johnson, like Eugene, and uh, I think I think Eric Coxon were in that class. I know they were in my science class because I okay. we had like those four like the four desks pushed together, you know, to make like a table. The quad, and that was my table. So, um, yeah, I, I remember know, I that, that was my favorite pod. What I remember about Mrs. England Gordon's class was I had science with with Steve Johnson. Okay, and that was the class where we just every every day would just sing Twisted. Because <laughs> Steve had kind of like this whiny voice. Yeah, he loved that song. <laughs> like, I remember you know, that. And that was legit. Just all class long, just singing that. Yeah. Uh, that and Nobody, right? Those were, those yeah, were like the and two. Nobody. Yeah, man, it's funny. Um, that's like all my wife. Like, I still listen to, to uh, 90s music. I love it, you know, but that's like all my wife basically wants to hear still so yeah, that's yeah like we, a, hear, we hear twisted quite often believe it or not <laughs> <laughs> yeah so seventh and eighth grade that was always my thing with the pods was i felt like i had to always start over and never really knew like what the in was um did you have like you know we i always felt like uh kind of like a that group of friends cool kids we'll call them even if you don't consider yourself but like just kind of like the group of kids that kind of were all connected to one another just felt like yeah. they were like 
20, 30, 40 different kids that were like all kind of connected and mm-hmm. could be friends with one another because they're friends with this kid. Was right. as you're going from pod to pod to pod, or mm-hmm. even as you're getting to high school and you're kind of having new classes, uh, you obviously can't hang out with the same people all day long every yeah. year. Did that make it easier? Just like, okay, this person knows this person, this person knows this person. I've partied with this kid. Yeah. I did this with this kid versus mm. me who like, I had like three, four, five different friends. And it's kind of like, uh, uh, I don't see any of them. All right. <laughs> Hold on tight. It's going to be a good year. Yeah, no, definitely, man. I mean, obviously, you know, when one person knows someone else, it's kind of how you meet other people. Um, But, you know, what's funny is like, you know, and I've talked, I've talked about this, you know, several times is like, I feel like I, and I said it earlier, like just tried to be pretty well-rounded. Like I definitely had a few like close, consistent friends, um, you know, throughout school, but I feel like I just, you know, tried to just get along with everyone or as many people as I could would go to different parties, you know, with different groups of people. Um, and like I said, I wish I would have made an effort to, you know, make my entire high school and middle school career uh, like that and, you know, not worry as much about, oh, like this person, like doesn't like this person I'm friends with. So, you know what I mean? Like all that, all that kind of petty stuff that we look back now and we're like, it's so ridiculous. Yeah. That's what Coxon kind of talked about just in talking about his life now where he's like, uh, you know, he's, well, we're all the same age, but, you know, being single and, and, uh, looking back at kind of like the crowd of having friends and how important that was to him and living that social life. And, yeah. um, and then he looks back, he's like, you know, looking back now, it's kind of like all things being equal, didn't really amount to much as far as what matters in life at this Absolutely. point in our, in our, in our age, you know? Absolutely. It's a, it's a great point, man. And, you know, I just think at that age, you're just too young, you know, and naive to kind of put everything in perspective, you know, and, and look at it through kind of a holistic lens um, and really weigh what's important. So, um, you know, I've had a lot of time to do that since high school. And uh, yeah, that's one of the, that's one of the things that I would have liked to have done differently, but yeah, you're right, man. It's you, you really kind of weigh, you know, what's important in life, what's not. And, you know, who you, (laughs) who you were seen talking to or didn't want to be seen talking to and all that stuff. Like, no one cares now, you know, for for the most part. And if they do, like, they probably they probably don't have much going on. So yeah, it's, it definitely holds you back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what um, you talk about like parties and stuff. What was your your party world like growing up? I always felt I was very behind everyone else, uh, mm-hmm. or at least the the vo- the most vocal. Right, you come in from on a Monday and you hear about this party, this party. Uh, these people hooking up, this going on, these people doing this, and you're thinking, yeah. like, "Wow, I was like sitting at home watching TGIF or you know, watching, <laughs> watching wrestling." Or what was yeah. your your party life like as you were kind of coming up early? Oh man, is this a PG podcast? Like, I don't. <laughs> no, you could say anything. You <laughs> no, I'm joking, man. Um, <laughs> no, um, I mean, you know, I I did like probably all the typical stuff high school kids do, you know. Uh, went drank got drunk for the first time at a, at a party and you know threw up and i don't even know how i got in my house that night um you know it just just kind of a mixed bag i mean certainly i feel like no matter who the group of people were like at, there was beer or you know people were smoking weed or exploring exploring with smoking weed or whatever so um you know it's it's what kids still do now but i mean unfortunately now i feel like 
it, it's a lot worse than that. It's not just, it's not just beer and weed, you know, it's, it's a lot of other stuff. So um, if that was the worst thing that I was around or, or tried, you know, not, not as big a deal. So, but um, yeah, I don't know, man. I, I don't think it was really consistent, like in one area or another. Um, you know, I think most of your typical parties were just someone get a keg or get someone older too, you know, no names uh, buy, buy them beer but um yeah i'm trying i'm trying to think like if i went to like a bowling party you know where we were just drinking soda or something right, like that i, I don't yeah. think i did um so yeah man i don't know like sorry that's not a real specific answer but i think no. it was it was a mixed bag i just kind of you know if, if i was invited somewhere i tried to go um you know i think as i got older um, like towards the tail end of high school and was thinking about my future in college, you know, I realized there were certain places that I shouldn't be. Um, so tried to keep to myself a little more. Um, but yeah, you know, just, I don't know. I made the rounds like a lot of kids do. Yeah. Um, what did you want to, when you were like that age, middle school, high school, what did you want to be when you grew up? Like, what was your dream job dream? career i honestly man i i didn't even i went to i went to penn state and graduated still not knowing what i wanted to do um did you have like a ridiculous though like you know i wanted to be an astronaut when i was yeah i mean yeah like when i was in first grade i loved michael jordan like everyone else and wanted to play basketball you know and quickly realized that wasn't gonna happen um but um no, I mean, I think for me, like I did, I did enjoy writing. Uh, like I, I really liked the creative writing class I was in. We already talked about like, you know, I was big into music. So um, what I didn't think about was just kind of the longevity and like career pathing and all that stuff and, and salary and um, all the stuff that they should probably <laughs> talk about a little bit more when you're in high school. Um, so I, I ended up, I went to Penn State and I ended up taking or declaring journalism as my major. And yeah, because it's writing and I went to my first class and the teacher was like, where are you from? You, you have a terrible accent. Like, (laughs) she's like, you have a really strong accent. I was like, yeah, I'm like, I'm from the UK. Like, (laughs) but it was clear. Like she didn't, she didn't want me, like she was annoyed. I was in the class because I have kind of, I guess like a stronger Philadelphia accent, which some people still tell me, even though I'm from Bluebell. Um, My dad's from West Philly. So I guess that just kind of genetically got carried to me, but um, like the class itself, I just didn't enjoy. It wasn't, it wasn't creative writing or anything like that. I was interested in more the creative side, maybe like sports journalism, but it was all just kind of political writing, I remember I went to one of like Ed Rendell's press conferences and had to cover that. And I was like, I don't, you know, I'm not really enjoying this. So I was already, you know, I guess a year and a half in and I went to see uh, one of the counselors. I was like, look, I need to like switch majors or whatever. And she's like, well, look, if you switch, like it's going to, it's going to set you back because there's certain, you know, courses you've taken that only apply to your major. So I did have to declare a minor. Um, so I ended up going into, uh, just, you know, general business administration, took some finance courses, things like that. That's probably the route I would have taken, uh, going into like finance or something like that. Um, you know, had it been explained to me a little bit better or had I taken the time to want to learn, you know what I mean? I don't know. I, you know, I talk about this all the time and 
you know, I think it's more common now for people to just not want to go to college because people, you know, it's 17 years old. Who really, who really knows what you want to do with the rest of your life, you know? Yeah. Um, and it, I think it's not fair to, to put a lot of kids in that predicament where it's like, nope, like decide now, like you got to make a decision, rest of your life. What do you want to do? Oh, by the way, uh, college is going to cost, you know, into the six figures right. <laughs> for something you're not sure that you want to do. So, um, if you are someone in high school and, and you know, you have an, an idea of what you want to do, you're ahead of the game. So I think, you know, as a parent now, like for me, um, that's like, that's like a big thing I think about all the time. It's just like having the conversation with my son that like, listen, dude, like you're not, you're not going to want to study. Like you're going to want to party, like you're not going to want to do homework, but trust me, like just suck it up for four years because in the long run, like it'll pay you back. So just kind of explaining that to him. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, look, it, it all still kind of worked out, so I can't complain. That's a, the more most common story that I hear when I talk to classmates now is like yeah. they kind of all went for assuming they were going to do something, but mm. they didn't really have that guidance from school. No one really took them and said, here's how you do blank. And they kind of not wasted, but spent a year or two or longer realizing they were on the wrong path and had to change course. And, yeah. um, you know, some went all the way through and never used their degree. Yeah, um, absolutely. I wish I do. I wish there were something better to equip you for like, you know, modern day. Um, I talked about this with someone. I think it's uh, uh, Monica Shukri um, where we were talking about like the expectations of going to going to college versus like tech school. Yeah. And doing stuff with your hands. And it was so frowned upon. And um, if I knew what I knew now, I just wish I, I wish even like I just had the guts to even give it a try and do something. I. I yeah. lack so many skills that I yeah. have to pay people to do, you know, um, but the focus was just you got to go. You got to go. And for me, I didn't even know. I was just like, I guess I'm going to go to Monco because I didn't know. I was not mature enough to get my shit together. Right. Like, yeah, me too. Exactly. Fill out, fill out an application, uh, write your essay, send it in on time. I still mm. struggle with things like that, yeah. you know, getting paperwork and just crossing yep. T's and dotting I's and. Um, it was like a rush to try and apply to Temple and Temple's like, dude, like deadline is, you know, you got this in like hours before the deadline. Why don't you give it a couple of years and come back to us? You know, so. Yeah. And that felt like such a failure because everyone was saying you have to go to college. And I didn't even know what I wanted to go to college for. Yeah, man, it's it's such a great point And something I talk about a lot. It's just like the whole your point about tech school being frowned upon. It's just like, oh yeah, that, that's what you do. You graduate, you know, you graduate high school, you go to college, you get a job, you live your life. Um, and when you look at it now, you know, as, as someone who's been working for startups for the last, you know, I don't know, 10, 12 years at this point, specifically in technology, um, I might've went to tech school, you know, and, and it, what the funny thing is it, it costed And probably, I don't know today, you know, what the, what, what tech school tuition is. I'm sure it's not cheap, but sure it's not on par with you know some of your top tier colleges and universities out there so um you know looking back it's just it, it's something i may have done because it really probably would have lent itself to what i'm doing today um but i think just the whole perception of oh yeah no like i i can't do that like i'm supposed to go to college and don't get me wrong like i went to penn state had a great experience um but in terms of you know, tying into what I'm doing today um, and 
ultimately what I was interested in in the long run, which I guess, you know, if I had is probably technology, um, I probably would have went to tech school, you know, and, and you hear a lot of guys today, like the Mark Cubans of the world coming out more and saying how, look, you don't have to go to college. And some even, you know, calling college a scam and saying that it's, it's, it's a dying thing. And eventually like half the people are going to go to college if that, because it's not going to be that, just what everyone thinks that naturally you're supposed to do. And, and I think it's great that, you know, people are now realizing that, you know what, I don't have to do that. Like that I'm not passionate about there, or maybe I'm just not ready. You know, maybe, maybe now's not the right time. You know, I do, I do something else and I go, I go later in life. So, um, you know, I, to your point also, I, it's, it isn't talked about much in, in high school. You know, there's, there's no courses on things like credit score or, or stuff like that, you know, that is, Stuff that's just so pivotal in your everyday life today. Like I didn't even know what a credit uh, a credit score was. Yeah. Um. So I was like, well, into college, you know. So it's like, or or I knew what it was, but in terms of like how to build credit and stuff like that. So, right. um, yeah. Did you uh? Did you have brothers or sisters? Yeah. So I have one younger sister. Um, she's three years younger than me. Um, and yeah, she was um. She was in uh, high school. I'm trying to think when I was freshman when we were. When yeah, we were I guess seniors. she was. A, I guess she was a freshman when I was a senior. I don't remember. Um, I don't know, man. I'm trying to think. Yeah, she was a freshman. Last year. Hopefully she doesn't listen to this, but it's been a long time, man. I don't know. Come on. 2001. It's 20 years. Sounds so. right. That right. <laughs> yeah. But um, no, yeah. One younger sister. She's three years younger. Um, she's married with a son. So, yeah, she's doing well. So you were the first really to experience kind of that whole path through college. Yeah. The two of you anyway. Yeah. Yeah, man. And I think also just like going into high school too, like a lot of people have older siblings, so it kind of prepares them and they know their older siblings, friends. So like going into high school, they kind of know what to expect or they know some older people, which makes them feel more comfortable. Yeah, definitely. Like didn't have any of that. I think, I think me being older, definitely you know, help my sister when she was coming in because she, she already knew some of my friends. So all those nerves, like kind of that I talked about, you know, walking in the first day in the gymnasium, she at least kind of had me and, and, you know, some of my friends to fall back on, um, you know, when she was uncertain. So, um, yeah, there's definitely, uh, definitely a, a learning experience. Yeah. What was your uh? Was, so this, would that make then with creative writing be your favorite class in high school, or did you have a, a oh, different man. favorite class or a teacher that that? Yeah, my favorite teacher it? was probably Mr. Curcio, man. <laughs> I mean, that was. I mean, isn't that wasn't that everyone's favorite teacher? Like, um, <laughs> yeah, he like I, you know, it's like something would fall on the floor and he, he'd be like, "Hey, can you pick that up for me?" He'd be like, "You just earned twenty extra credit points." Like, mm-hmm. like. Um, he was just he, the coolest guy, but also I think just like he, he made his class fun, uh, which I remember. Um, so he was my favorite teacher, favorite course, man. I don't know. I, yeah, creative writing was good. Um, just because it wasn't so like, there was really no pressure. Like it wasn't regimented. Like it was just like, Hey, yeah. Like write about this today. You know, it was like, kind of like almost like just like a break from, uh, all the hustle and bustle of, you know, your regular courses. So. Yeah, that was a good one. Um, TV lab was prop was probably the best class, man. I mean, we had a really good group in there too. Um, Creative with, types with the crew we had in there. Yeah, and uh, I know there's still a couple of VHS tapes lying around somewhere. 
Um, so I don't know. Hopefully I can track them down one day. But um, yeah, I, I remember we made like a sitcom um, and we had like the whole we did like the intro in the beginning with everyone's name. And then it would like pause, you know, just like a 90s sitcom. Like, and they got introduced. Yeah. And I think, I think like, it's funny you were saying earlier, I think, I think the theme song was, uh, it was an outcast song. I think it was, was, uh, Bombs 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 yeah, yeah. So yeah, man, there were some really creative, uh, really creative tapes out there. I remember Mr. Malone even confiscated a couple. Um, he said, because like, Oh, these aren't, these aren't uh, high school appropriate. But really, he just took them like for his own personal collection because like he told me when we graduated, he's like, hey, just so you know, he's like, I watch those tapes once in a while and I crack up like so he just kind of took them as something to laugh at. But um, yeah, man, that, I mean, that class was obviously amazing. Like that was that was just such a fun class. I mean, who doesn't want to take a video camera and just walk around high school and film like stupid shit, you know, so. Jason Herb talked about that. It was like this power that you were given. No one asked questions of what you were doing if you had a camera in your hand. It's it's such a good point, man, because I don't know. Remember um, who was like the hall lady? She had like the short hair. Like Mariah? This short was that her name? Mar- oh, yeah, yeah. Mariah, right? Yeah, she was she was pretty tough, right? Like no one wanted to mess with her. And, uh, you know, she was like, she was always like, oh, hall pass. Where's your hall pass? But it's like, it's funny. Like if Jason was saying that your camera was almost like your hall pass. So it's like, no, like it's like up TV lab. She's like, oh, you're you're good. You're good. So obviously someone saw me walk out of the class with this camera. They they would have stopped me if I, if I wasn't allowed to leave. Yeah. Right. (laughs) That was pivotal for me because like I was doing theater. Uh, through all through mm-hmm. high school, middle school and high school. And I thought I would go to college to do theater. Mm-hmm. Um, and I quit my senior year. And that's when I was doing TV lab. But I got so engrossed in TV lab um, that I was like, done. This is it. I'm, yeah. I'm Whatever I can do with a camera forever. This is like what I'm sticking with. Yeah. Um, and we had, a, like you said, we had a great group that ranged from like silly and creative to very like organized and buttoned up. Like we had Pinchotti and yeah and Brandon Deese and uh some of those guys that were like making like real projects and um uh, we were able to do like a news program where we were like getting work and then like ah, yeah. the rest of the time just kinda go fuck off. Yeah, I remember I think Mark Pinchotti had like a weekly like kind of talk show. Yeah, it was like and it was kind of like just what's going on in the school. And I remember a couple of times I did um, with Kevin, the prosperous, the um, uh, it was like, I don't know, like a music section. It was like, oh, like what's what's new in music? You know, we yeah. do like the top like 10, like on the billboard charts and like talk about the albums and stuff. So, yeah, man, good times. Yeah, that was that was very pivotal for me. Uh, I don't know what I would have been doing if I hadn't done that. Yeah, no, I remember uh, I remember you were really into it. And, uh, you know, we did a lot of projects together. So, um, like I said earlier, not surprised that, you know, it's kind of um, held up for you, you know, all this time and you have your own podcast now. So happy to see it. Thanks, man. Well, likewise, I've got a few VHS tapes. Someone was asked me the other day, like, what do you keep VHS tapes for? And I said, honestly, I just know that like of the like the nine that that are unmarked. Like two of them have Wizahick and stuff on it, but I just <laughs> I'll kill myself if I throw it out without going through oh, the yeah. first. Yeah, I got a VCR in the storage room somewhere. So one day I'll have to uh there's also a box of VHS tapes like yourself, some some unlabeled. So yeah. one day I'll have to hook it up and just kind of see what's on there. 
Uh, you got to let me know if you find something. Oh, I definitely will, man. <laughs> I'll, I'll make you a copy. If, if you can, I don't even know if you can get VHS, uh, <laughs> VHS copies made today, but if I, I find any, it. I'll be sure to get you one. Yeah. I've been Googling all like the trans, how to transfer the video into. Oh uh, yeah. Like the VHS and, uh, to DVD converters. Yes, yeah. Yes. Yeah. When you're leaving to go to college, um, what's your friend group like and where's everyone kind of going? Like you, you've got like a pretty solid group of kids that you've known since, you know, since the beginning. Yeah. Um, now you're leaving this group yeah. of friends. Uh, a lot were going to Penn state, but Penn mm -hmm. state's really big and doesn't yeah. mean that you're going to match up with, you know, with the guys that you were maybe hanging out with. Right. Um, yeah. What's that like leaving? Yeah, no, for sure. Um, I went to, I actually went to the Hazleton satellite campus to start. Um, I actually visited main campus, but I, I didn't want to go um, my first year because I was just too overwhelmed. Like when I went to visit it, I was it kind of put it in perspective for me, like, you know, what I thought and how easily uh, I'd blend in right away. But I don't know, I guess at that age, even though I felt like I was ready to go to a campus with, I don't know, what is it, 40,000 people. Uh, walking around, going to visit, you know, four hours from home. I was like, oh, I don't, I like, I don't know, like if I could do this, like, I, like just from the whole aspect of like being disciplined enough to go to all my classes and study and, and not get caught up in partying. So I actually started at the Hazleton uh, satellite campus, which was uh, before I went to main campus, which was about an hour and a half from here. Um, and two people from Wissick that went were Kevin Rogers and uh, Mike Roberts. Okay. Um, actually ended up living with Mike Roberts my second year, um, in an apartment off campus, which was, a, which was a great time. Um, and it's funny, we, we both kind of made, uh, like different groups of friends, but we would, but at the same time, like those two groups would, would get together a lot and kind of hang out. And, um, so having like that connection, like, it's funny, like that Wissick and connection kind of still held true and, and helping me meet new people by just people that I knew. Oh, hey, I went yeah. to high school with Adam. You know, this is my friend so and so. Oh, I went to, to high school with Mike or or Kevin or whoever. So I met people that way too. Um, but the funny thing was, you know, the reason I I look back now and I still think it was a good move. Like I don't regret it. I think it was the right decision because it was basically the size of Wissahickon, uh, the Hazleton Satellite Campus. So, you know, we were all in dorms, obviously, but it really felt like a lot of us called it 13th grade mm -hmm. um, because it really just still kind of felt like high school. We were just, we were staying overnight. So um, <laughs> that's kind of where I made, you know, my core group of friends. Um, and I lived with a lot of them, you know, when we all went up to main campus um, and that really helped to go to, go to such a big school already with, you know, with a big group of friends um, that you were going there with. It didn't feel like you were going by yourself mm -hmm. and I don't know anyone at all. Um, so I think that was the best move for me at that time. That's funny. That's what we Monco was the 13th grade as well. <laughs> for me, I felt like a lot, a lot of embarrassment over that, you know, and, and I remember like, and I felt the same way about Temple Ambler because, mm -hmm. uh, my first semester transferring to Temple, I took most of my classes, I think all but one I took at Ambler campus. And I remember that very first semester I was seeing the exact same people from Monco, which were the exact same people from Wizzahickon. And I remember yeah. thinking, I got to get to main campus. This is too small. Yeah. Yeah. No, I hear you, man. I mean, it's, you know, and, and like, I, I know people like, uh, Drew Douglas went to Arizona state, which is, I think Arizona state's the biggest school in the country. It's, mm. 
it's one of like the top three, I know for sure, but he went right away. Um, loved it, like partied and, and never came back and just ended up moving out there. So I think it all depends on like, just, you know, how you are as a person. Some people are more ambitious. Some people want to take it slow. Um, for it's, me, it just, it felt like the right thing. It took me two years to two years to get to that point, you know, mm. I, and, and I definitely, when I first started, um, it, it, because I didn't have those, those group of friends, the people I was seeing it from was a Hicken at Monco were not like people I could like lean on or latch on to like, Oh, Hey, you know, remember me from, it was like, Oh God, like shit, yeah. the tension, you know, that <laughs> high school tension that you feel I'm trying so to get really, away from you. It's like, yes, <laughs> yeah. Like, please don't tell them about, you know, about what I used to do in high school. <laughs> so for me, it was like that. It, not until I joined the radio station and started like meeting people and getting into stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, did I really like start developing my own just group of friends and things to do and, yeah. um, to where I was like, Oh, okay. Now I'm ready to like leave this kind of smaller, like much like what you did where I was like, okay, I can handle going off and, and starting with a new, cause I really did when I went to temple start with a new group, not a, no one really transferred with me, um, from Monco, but I was just so much more mature. I think at that point. Yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. And, and, you know, everyone has different pathways, but yeah, I think you just kind of know, like in your gut, you know, when you're ready to kind of take that next step. Did you, uh, did you work in, uh, in high school? Um, yeah, I, my first job ever, I was a caddy at Meadowlands country club, Get which out. is now, I think it's, is it bluestone? I think I is know. now what it's called. So it's next to, um, did you know you didn't know where Meadowlands was? It's actually not that far from the high school. Okay, yeah. yeah so yeah. it's so it's it's where Meadowlands was. So it's okay. no longer Meadowlands. It's now uh it's now Bluestone. That was my first job, just caddying. It was brutal, man. You'd like go like God, like six in the morning. You'd like sit on a bench and basically wait for the caddy master to call you. One of the first guys I caddied for, I think he might have been the first guy, was Robin from Robin's Eighth and Walnut. I remember we were all sitting. On our the, name uh, is our address. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were all sitting on the on the bench. He pulled up. It was I think it was a Rolls Royce. It was either like a Rolls Royce <laughs> or a Bentley. Um, pulls up in his like Rolls Royce convertible, right up in the caddy station. Pops his trunk. I actually got his clubs out of his trunk for him. He gave me twenty dollars just for getting his clubs out of his trunk. Which was like, I was like, Wait, man, like this is I, like this. Why haven't I been doing this my whole life? Does like, he have the diamond? Oh yeah, in his he had beard? the diamond in the beard. Yep, he had the diamond <laughs> in the beard. Yep. Oh yeah, oh yeah, the diamond was in the beard, man. Um, I actually, I think I heard a story. He like lost it once on the golf course, and someone found it uh, and returned it to him. I don't what, know. What's but, that tip look like? Uh, yeah, seriously. I yeah, I actually, I actually didn't end up caddying for him, but I got the clubs out and I got twenty bucks out of it. So yeah, that was. So I just like these were like summer jobs. I did that for a summer. Um, I worked at my first, oh, I'm sorry, was, I'm trying to think if that was my first job. I worked at, I actually worked at Domino's Pizza, uh, for, for a summer. I think that might've actually been, I think this was that, you know what? I think this was in, was in middle school. Um, I think the caddying was the first thing. And then I remember in eighth grade, I did the Domino's thing. Cause there was one like pretty close to my house. Mm. Um, you know, which obviously was, was just like a great experience, just like knowing what, that, what that's like, but yeah, it was just all to like have extra money to, to, you know, take to college. Um, and then I worked at Hula Hands, uh, which isn't open anymore in Plymouth meeting, uh, and, and TJ Fridays, which used to be connected to Plymouth meeting mall as a server. 
Um, so got some server experience there, you know, great to everyone wants cash, obviously to take the school. So yeah, that was, that was pretty much the extent of, um, of my jobs, you know, while it was just in school, at least. What did you, uh, did you do any activities like after school? Like what was your, what was your social life? Like when you would get out of school, what would that kind of be like? Yeah. Um, I played golf actually one year. Um, I wasn't, I wasn't the best, um, but I was on the golf team trying to think what else I did. Um, I, I took like a creative writing course. Um, I think there was like a flag, was there like a flag football like league or something? I don't remember. There was some, I feel like there was some after school football thing I did. Never, never obviously played football, but love football. Um, I don't know, man. Like coming home and watching TRL, like I, yeah. <laughs> yeah I've, um, I've been talking to people yeah. a lot recently, just in people just in our bracket of age, just how fucking crazy like TRL and 106 <laughs> and Park, and uh, just yeah. that whole phenomenon of coming home and uh, recently remembering that in those countdowns, oftentimes they didn't even play the full song. They'd only oh, nah. give you like forty five seconds of a song, and then Carson yeah. would be like. That was, you know, Weezer, Hashpipe. All right, going right next. And they would just keep on moving. Yeah, that was weird. They'd give yeah. you like a snippet of the video. That was like toward the tail end of like MTV, like when, like at least when MTV was was good. Because um, I remember when I was younger, like and didn't have cable, like it was just, it seemed to be like videos all the time, you know? Right. Um, And good videos. And uh, yeah, then it was like just all these shows. Uh, it's funny. My wife and I actually on YouTube, just, I don't know how we thought of it or who brought it up. We ended up looking up singled out. Remember oh, singled out? Yeah. <laughs> and there's a few episodes on YouTube and we, we watched a couple of them really good, man. Really good. Like I'm surprised they don't, uh, they don't try to remake that today. I feel like, I just feel like, I don't know with, with all like the dating apps and everything. I just feel like it would and really kind of go over well. It is the bachelor, right? They're the bachelorette. Eh. I mean, I guess, but that's like a whole like series where people get eliminated. Like singled out was just like, Half hour. you know, it was, it was one episode quick and dirty. Yeah, Half it, was, hour. it was a guy and a girl, they eliminated people. And then, you know, and that was, it, it was it's just more of a fun show, but yeah, we watched that. And then, uh, I told you my wife loves the nineties. So, mm-hmm. um, the grind, <laughs> the grind. Oh, yeah, Eric <laughs> the grind. Just, just like people dancing, like no, you know, just people dancing on a beach or at a pool. Oh, I love the, uh, yeah, I used yeah. to love the summer beach house uh, seasons for MTV when they would just be partying on the beach and it'd be like yeah. Bill Bellamy and Daisy yeah, Bill Fuentes. Bellamy. Yeah, it's funny what we would watch. but. <laughs> um. All right, so that's a great tee up then. Favorite album artist of high school era? Of high school and ever, or just high school era. Me, do I get high one? School era. Oh, high school era. Yeah, oh. give me, give me like three. Give me like your man, top, man. your top three. Oh, of that's like... so tough, man. I can't, I can't do that. Um, jeez. Well, I mean, I will say, like, I don't think we realized at the time the golden era of music we were living in. You know, um, it's funny. I remember being in the car with my parents, like driving into shore one year. And I was listening to Nevermind Nirvana. Mm. And both my parents were like, oh, like Nirvana will just end up as another band that people forget about. I'm just like, okay. Like, and, you know, of course, today, like one of the most legendary bands ever. But 
Oh man, I don't know. Um, definitely listen to a lot of hip hop, but I, I listen to everything, man. Like I was like a lot of people in the BMG and the like Columbia House. Uh, oh yeah, CD clubs, you know, like twelve CDs for a dollar or for a penny, whatever. Yeah. So yeah, I would get just a ton of albums from that. Um, oh man, it, it's so tough to narrow it down. Um, all right, give me, give me, d- d- help, help me out here. Give me all like right. a date range. Are we talking just the high school years? Like what? Uh, all right, get, I'll, I'll give you like the full like seven, eight years of okay. like of so, like ninety four to two thousand one, like oh, ninety three, ninety four to two thousand one. That's like, a good era. Our, our whole era. It, that is actually like ninety three to ninety seven is like my favorite. Like that celebration of hip hop after Biggie and Pac had died. Yeah, no, that was a great, like that big pun DMX kind of era. That was like up till, yeah, Yeah. up till like the end of like 98. That's like my favorite era when Busta had just dropped solo and all that. Like that was my, yeah, I loved me. Dude, Harlem World, that's a good one. That was, yeah, man, that was 97, 98 were such good years. Um, Not just for hip hop, but just music in general. But, you know, it's funny, like, so, you know, what's funny, I guess, the the album that got me into kind of like harder core rap it's funny i was in fifth grade and i sat next to chris gebert we were talking about you know people that we know we were good friends back then and his he had the the cassette tape of of doggy style of snoop's album and i you know like all the other kids i knew gin and juice love that song um i actually put it as my favorite song in our fifth grade yearbook so but i hadn't heard the whole album um so he let me borrow it and i just couldn't believe like the language like i i never heard any, any anyone talk like that and um i don't know how my mom like ended up finding out but she ended up like um taking my walkman and like listening to some of the album and she was obviously just like completely appalled um because if you ever heard the album it's to this day it's pretty it's pretty explicit but um it's such a classic album. So that might be just for just like the meaning it has behind it for how it kind of spiraled me into not just hip hop, but just a lot of music in general. Um, that might've had the biggest impact. So I might have to say that album. I'm trying to think if that was 94. I think it was 94. Uh, I think the chronic was 93. It might've been 93 actually. So I don't know. Maybe I missed the cutoff. Um, yeah. But yeah, that was. I think Chronic was ninety two, and and Doggy Style was ninety three. I think you're right, man. I think you're right. Um, so I don't know. That's. I mean, it's a year earlier than. But you you know, know, those singles and everything, like music, just had such a longer shelf life. And oh yeah, singles would last two to three months before the next one would drop. So like that Doggy Style album lasted like two years. Oh yeah, and to this day, it's you know it's looked at as like a top five, top ten, you know, uh, rap album. So, um, yeah, and then you know that really got me into like the whole Death Row Records kind of thing. Obviously, you know, I loved Tupac. So, um, All Eyes on Me. Even before then, I loved like Me Against the World, all those albums when he was in like Above the Rim because I loved basketball. You know, right. loved Michael Jordan, like that whole thing. So I loved the Above the Rim movie. I just loved his whole just kind of speak your mind say whatever I want, no filter. I'm going to tell how it is kind of attitude. I think that's why, um, you know, I just always love Tupac so much. So I'd say those two in terms of hip hop albums, even though there's so many great ones. Um, I was just listening to Capital Punishment the other day, which I bought from, I remember my freshman year. And I don't, I don't remember his name. Um, 
he was from Ambler and he must have known someone who like knew Big Pun because the album wasn't coming out for like a month. Oh, wow. And he had a box of the actual album, like in the shrink wrap with the sticker on it. And I still have the copy and he was selling them for 10 bucks in the hallway. Wow. And I knew it was coming out because I was like reading the source or like, you know, all those magazines and, you know, Big Pun was like uh, still not a player, just came out. And like that was, you know, that was like that's to this day, like Damn one of them. that was. Yeah, that was one of the biggest rap songs while we were in school. So um, I remember getting that and like that was a huge album. That's probably my favorite, like 97, 98 kind of era album, hip hop album. Wow. That and maybe like Mace Harlem World is another just I remember having that Thank in my yellow. I had that in Mr. Lazar's class or Mr. Lazar. Lazar, yeah. Uh, Mr. Lazar's class. And I think like the power went out or something. And I had it in my yellow shockwave disc, man. And I remember like <laughs> Earl Stout was in my class, Ashley McLaughlin. And the album had just, I got it the day it came out and I brought it in the next day. So we're all like listening to the Mace album, like on my headphones. Um, so yeah, that, and it's funny. Cause like, I, you know, like you said earlier, when you hear certain songs or think albums, it takes you back to a certain time. So um, those are obviously all classic albums, but the fact they have kind of that nostalgia factor built in definitely, uh, I think, moves them up my list. I'd say in hip hop albums in the 90s. I, I don't know, man. There's so many good ones. I, I know when we end this, I'll think of one like, oh, how could I not say that? But just off the top, top of my head, those are a few that, you know, to this day, I still listen to all the time. Um Rock wise, I liked what a lot of other people liked. Man, I remember in sixth grade, like Green Day, Dookie was so huge. Oh, yeah. uh, Offspring, the Offspring album was huge. I forget what it was called. Smash, Smash, the one with the with the X ray on the front. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, you know Nirvana was amazing. Pearl Jam, Ten. Those are those are pre you know your your date range, but just kind of thinking of that whole you know 90s era those were a little bit more generic on the on the rock side but you know but classic no, that was day, like the so. start of like you know alternative music and and y100 and yeah y100 like yeah like yep. sixth grade seventh grade like that was the era where i really started discovering you know up to that point all i knew was like my parents music and hip-hop yeah, you know, my parents' music, pop music on the radio, Shanice, I love your smile. Like <laughs> yeah. right? Eagle one of six. Yeah, Eagle one of six, man. Yes, I know all this stuff, Brad. Yes, Come on. that was my shit. Yeah, man. And uh, and yeah, and like you, like you know, hearing Snoop and Dre like on the radio, but never really like hearing um, the dirty version. The dirty version. <laughs> but then like getting into like why 100 you talk about memories. Like I'll always remember yeah. when I when I come around at Camp Canadensis. That was like the song and all the kids had the floppy yep. haircuts and so oh, everyone's yeah. just like the bowl cut there. yeah, yeah everyone. everyone had the bowl cut no no not <laughs> not just the bowl but where they shave underneath and then oh yeah yeah comb, no you got the comb under yeah the see comb over <laughs> <laughs> i wanted that like haircut so bad but i always had like kind of wavy like hair and never like i was so jealous of like the kids with the blonde hair that it just kind of like perfectly laid yeah um so i tried to do i had the bowl cut for a few years but it didn't work the best for me, but yeah, I would, I would go there. And like, I remember him like lifting my hair up, like shaving yeah. under the head, like holding the hair and then it would like fall over it. I don't know, man. I, I don't think anyone has a haircut today, but back then apparently everyone did. So that was a, it, it definitely was like the style when you go through the middle school yearbook. Uh, yeah. That's what everyone's rocking. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, I similar though, similar story with, for me, my first like real, I used to stand at the bus stop as a kid and we used to listen to kids driving by, listening to rap music. And we never realized that you could buy like tapes 
or yeah. CDs with like the real version on it. Uh, and we used to like ponder at the at the bus stop, what radio stations playing these songs with curses on them? Yeah. So when <laughs> when we finally started like listening to like rap rap yeah. music, rap CDs, and I started catching Ooh. wind of oh they curse on them. My first like r- first album that I got was LL Cool J's uh, Mr. Smith album. Oh yeah, classic. So man. I was a late bloomer. That was my first. That was like, uh, that was like eighth grade. Yeah, with like doing it and Hey Lover on there. Great exactly, album. Exactly. Yeah. And yeah. then um, my first like, oh my god, experience was was Machiavelli. Yeah. And going to uh, Ellis Island. I've told this story before, but going to Ellis Island, and it was like me and a bunch of family friends, and Mike Mayall was one of the kids. I don't know if you remember Mike Mayall, mm-hmm. uh, but he had uh, he had the Machiavelli album. And he lets me listen to it on my disc, man. And like, we get right into Hail Mary. And Revenge yeah. is like the sweetest joy next to getting pussy. And I <laughs> and I take off my headphones and go, Yo, Mike, he says pussy in this. And Mike's like, I know. <laughs> and it was like my world was just being yeah. was expanding, like, oh my God. Yeah, like people can say this in music. Yeah. But where it really changed was when you started selling the Tupac tapes, the bootleg Tupac tapes. Oh, yeah, remember? man. I forgot about that. Yeah. That, like, seriously, that, like, changed my world. I never knew that there was underground music or unreleased music or, like, yeah. music that was floating out there that you could get a hold of. Mm-hmm. Um, and I never even thought of the idea of, like, making your own mixtapes, like, you know, so officially because. You, I used to like, you know, you just record off the radio, right? But you were yeah, like, playing like, pause. <laughs> yeah, but you were like writing the track listing on the, like you yeah. made it like a real thing and you had like a cover and all that. Oh, I love doing that. I mean, I, you know, what's funny, like to this day, I actually had the pleasure about 10 years ago of, you know, helping to produce a mixtape uh, for one of my friends. It wasn't like a major thing. It's on like that pith or whatever. Yeah. Um, I help, I, I help make some of the beats for it. And, you know, to your point, helped organize like the order of the tracks. Like this, this needs to be track number three. Like this needs to be track number, like just the flow, like the way that, and I think people that are really into music, like understand that people that are just casual, are like, what, like, why does that matter? Like I just skipped to what I want here, but it's, it's like so important just kind of like how stuff goes. So that's always been a passion of mine. And yeah, it's funny back then um, I would make mixtapes just by like, you put the CD in hit like, record play or record pause whatever it was put the next cd in yeah. um yeah but i just i don't know i just always enjoyed doing that and i you know i have um i have like an external hard drive to this day i don't do it as much now the last few years to be honest i've gotten away from it becoming a parent you have a lot less time to do stuff but um yeah i've just tried to just keep a library basically of just you know, everything that I listen to, like going back go back and get old songs. You know, I have, I don't know, 10, 20,000 songs on there, but, um, yeah, I, that's something I did for a long time, even just for myself, just to kind of like keep a catalog. It turned into like mix CDs. Um, you know, I went from the tapes using like the win MXs and like, uh, Napsters and, yep. uh, LimeWire. Yeah. I think was it. Kazaa. 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 Yeah. Take like, <laughs> two hours to download one song, you know, you'd put like five overnight and you get like three and you're like, yeah, it was like a big deal. But, um, from that, to you know, then just, you know, downloading stuff off the internet. Um, but yeah, I don't know, man, it's just something I've always enjoyed just kind of having like my own hand into like, I'm going to make this the way I want. Uh, and it's, it's going to be the only one in the world. Just, you know, just going back to the whole creativity thing, like how I enjoyed creative writing, 
I think that's another point. Like I just always enjoyed music for whatever reason and just trying to have a hand in it. So, um, yeah, something. I went the exact same path. Once, once I learned that, once I saw that, like, that's exactly what I started doing. I remember when I got my first CD burner and all of a sudden, like now I'm like making, I'm making CDs for people for like five, 10 bucks, like burning the, like, yo, the new Jay-Z's out, the new Wu-Tang's out. Yeah. And I'm selling them to kids in math class for like yeah. 10, 15 bucks. Or that was a hustle back then. Oh, <laughs> believe, yeah. it, believe it or yeah. not, people, people would buy blank CDs with music on them. Um, and, and I'm the same now I've got, like, I still run off of iTunes. Like I've mm-hmm. got, and I'm constantly like, Hey, you know what? Like, I don't really know, like all my mob deep. Let me just get all the mob deep albums yep. and start Ooh. like putting that into a, a playlist. And I've got like 50,000. That's and I've still yep. I got my genres, my yep. years, like everything so I can make my own playlists. And that's where I'm at, too, man. It's funny. I have Apple Music and that's those are my mixtapes now, like my yeah. playlists. And, you know, it's a little more uh, regulated because, you know, you're picking from whatever is in the library. But, you know, there's still just in terms of, to your point, like 90s playlist stuff like that. I do that stuff all the time, just like certain artists, like best of whoever, like. Mm-hmm. No, I just like doing that stuff. So it's just something that I've always enjoyed. I know you dated. Uh, I didn't date. So I was always like just okay. so awkward. I didn't know how to date. I didn't know like where you go. Yeah. Uh, you know, four dates. I never like thought you could like bring girls back to your house. Like it was just very awkward yeah. for me. What was your your dating world like? Yeah. I mean, you know, there's, there's a few girls. Uh, <laughs> I don't want to. Don't get around anyone's dirty laundry. So <laughs> um, I'm happily, happily married now. So, you know, uh, got married in, in 2015, um, have a son. So, yeah, no, um, you know, I I had a, a more serious, I guess, relationship um, my senior year that I went to college with. And obviously it didn't work out. Uh, shocking. Um <laughs> Um, yeah. And then I had, you know, I had a relationship in college that was, that was pretty serious. Um, didn't end up working out and, you know, then getting out of school, you know, that was, that was tough for me for sure, because, you know, going back to kind of what we were talking about, about, you know, just the the whole perception of college, like, oh yeah, I'm going to go to college and know what I want to do. And I'm going to graduate and my life's going to be set for me. And it's not, it's not like that. Um, and, and yeah, I think the whole thing with the dating was, yeah, I was with someone, um, you know, for a while while I was in college and thought that was the person I was going to end up with. It didn't end up working out. Um, and, and that was a challenge um, for sure, because I had that on top of getting out of college and still not really knowing what I wanted to do with my life. So it was like I kind of, you know, I hit the reset button on that and, and was uncertain in, you know, the more important area. You know, and I, I definitely felt kind of lost, I think, um, the first couple of years out of college. Like, I didn't have a problem getting a job or anything like that, but it was just like, you know, it was just like, is this really what I want to do? Like, I went to college for four years for this. Um, you know, and I think I just kind of struggled with that for a while. Um, but but as I, you know, as as the years went by, I had a couple jobs um, and then ended up meeting my wife um actually on facebook messenger um i knew her yeah i knew her uh beforehand she went to a catholic school but um yeah i was just i was living in conchahokan in my apartment and she friended me and i was like let me just say what's up like and uh said said hello and we ended up talking 
agreed to get a drink, you know, ended up dating and, and getting married. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, I think, um, yeah, it's, you know, there, there was a few people you, you think that you're going to, you know, every time you date someone, you think you're going to be with them forever. It's mm-hmm. like, it seems like it's the most important thing in the world. And then I think like, as you move to the next one, you realize you didn't really know what you were talking about, or, you know, you thought you did. Um, so yeah, that was, you know, that was definitely a learning experience too. Um, but yeah, it, it all led me to, you know, where I'm at today. So, so I'm happy, you know, I love my wife. She means everything to me, her and my son. So, um, yeah, it all worked out. Did you have like, where did you get those expectations? Do you think like when you talk about just, you know, whether it be career or Mm -hmm. relationships, you know, I watched a lot of TV. I didn't have, I was an only child. So I like, you didn't have like an older sibling telling me this is what school is like or anything. I pulled my shit from Saved by the Bell and 90210 and, you know, movies. Is that you getting your shit from TV or where are you getting your expectations from? Yeah. I mean, I think, I think not as much from TV. I think just from just kind of general perception, right? Like just what your teachers tell you, like your guidance counselors. Um, and it's like what we were saying earlier, like not that what you learn in high school isn't important, but there's a lot that's not even touched on that you kind of, when you think about it today, you scratch your head. You're like, how could that not be yeah. you know, an area of importance in, in high school um, and helping, you know, like, like develop someone as, as an adult. Um, so I think just, yeah, just general perception. Um, my parents, you know, wanted me to go to college. So I just, it was just kind of like, yeah, like that's, that's what you do. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I think, I think that's just, just, I guess the way I was raised. And I think, I think a lot of kids, uh, in our graduating class, it was the same thing. And I think, you know, to, to what I was saying earlier, I think today, obviously there still are a lot of people that feel that way. And look, college is great. Like if you want to go, but like, you don't have to, you know what I mean? There's so many, so many people today, uh, you know, starting their own business, so many startup companies, like I don't think startup companies were even a thing uh, when we were, when we were in, uh, you know, in high school. And I've been, as I said, I've been working for startups for the past like 10 years now. So, and that's, and it's been probably the best time in my career and, and where I've learned the most and, been able to develop the most professionally. So, um, yeah, that's, you know, it's, 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 uh, it's life experience that helps you get to, to those points. But, you know, I, I marvel at, at people who have that, not that they had it figured out, but who were able to make those kind of big leaps and, and those things that we had never heard of before. Mm-hmm. And I, that's what I often ask is like, where do you even think of that? Like, how do you even hear that? And there's always like, usually someone that like helped influence them, get them to that point. I think I just kind of like lacked that type of modern day uh, guidance. Yeah. I think, you know, one story I'll tell you is I think for me, um, what was always kind of in the back of my mind was my father. um, He didn't come from a lot. He grew up in West Philly. He was an only child. Uh, His father uh, passed before I was born. He had a heart attack. So I never, you know, I never got to meet him. Um, and he, you know, he didn't inherit anything and he, he always worked his ass off. And when I was born, he actually was an ice cream man. That was his job. He had an ice cream truck and uh, we were living, we were living in the apartment in St. David's and he would drive the ice cream truck down to West Philly, hmm. you know, drive all around Philadelphia, you know, for cash. And, and that would, that's how we paid rent. We paid bills. I remember he told me a story one night when we were, when we were in the apartment that, Um, We were so broke that we ordered a pizza and my dad remembers digging through the couch for loose change to help pay for the pizza. 
And he, he eventually sold the ice cream truck, got out of the business, and he got a job at a store called Today's Man. I don't know if you remember. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's not around anymore, but back in the day, it was like um, it was a place where you would get a suit. It was it was basically like a men's warehouse, men's warehouse like today, yeah. right? So he was he was the guy. He was like a salesperson there, you know, helping helping businessmen get fitter for their suits and everything. And uh, one day, this he helped this guy that came in, and the guy was like, you know, he's like, you're a really good, really good salesperson. Like, have you ever thought about like you know making a um, like a corporate career out of it? And he's like, no, he's like, why, what do you do? And he's like, oh, I, he's like, I work for a pharmaceutical company. I'm in pharmaceutical sales. He's like, um, he's like, I'm actually, he's like, I'm a director. He's like, and I'm going to be hiring uh, a couple new reps. He's like, here's my card. He's like, send me your resume. He's like, I'll get you set up with an interview. Um, so my dad, like he had, he knew nothing about, you know, pharmaceutical <laughs> companies or anything like that. Um, and I forget the number. It was like, I think it was like maybe a hundred people. I know it was at least like 50 people. There were two spots and like 50 to a hundred people. A lot of them with pre-pharmaceutical sales experience ended up interviewing for those roles. Um, and my dad actually got one of the jobs as a, as a pharmaceutical sales rep. And he was so appreciative to get the job that he was like, I'm going to be number one. Like I'm cause he, you know, he drove an ice cream truck for years, like sweating in the summer, like driving in like not the best areas, like, um, you know, while trying to, while trying to support me and my mother. So, um, he was like, I'm never going back to that. Like, I'm going to be number one. He became the number one, uh, rep, number one sales rep for the whole company. Um, and he got promoted to like a manager and he ended up ultimately what ended up happening was he ended up being there 26 years he became a VP of marketing, like one of like four in the country. And he ended up doing very well for himself. And this is a guy who used to drive his ice cream truck over to the uh, St. Helena's uh, horse show, which in my neighborhood, that was like a fair back in the day. Okay. It would have, you know, it was like funnel cake and, and the whole thing. Um, but kids would make fun of me. They'd be like, oh, your dad's the ice cream man. You know, you know how, how mean yeah. kids are. Um, so I always like, you know, I tell people that story sometimes, like when they're struggling or uncertain and that just always, I think has been in the back of my mind. Like I have to be successful. Like I have to go to college and like, because my dad didn't have anything, you know, and he found a way to make it work. And, you know, my family's not rich, but, you know, certainly we, you know, we weren't poor. So, you know, I'm grateful to, you know, just how he busted his ass to uh, enable me to, you know, go to a place like Penn State and, you know, just other stuff I've I've been able to do. Um, so I just felt like, you know, I feel like I, I have to pay him back. And I, I just think that stuck with me forever. So I guess I mean, I guess initially that would have been maybe a better way to answer your question. I think if I had to kind of dig to uh, the root cause, I think that's just really what's kind of driven me and, and created the whole, no, I got to go to college and I got to do really well. And I got to get a high paying job right away. And like all the stuff, and it, it didn't work out like that, you know, exactly right away. Um, it, you know, things are, things are good now, but, um, yeah, it took some time. So I don't know, man, I just always admired that. So I think that's probably, you know, the, the, the primary driving force for me. It's funny. I funny how we take like these things from our parents and what we see i think i took the i i think i took the much more liberal uh message from my parents of like what you do not necessarily to to be the best or be okay. success or be like ultra successful but don't take don't hate the job that you're doing 
Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's, that's the most important. Yeah. And I, I think, I think it's where, and I think it's, I think that's the right message. It's just, I think we have to be more specific, like, because the whole, like, Oh, you can do whatever you want to do. It's like, okay. Like I'm probably not going to be an NFL quarterback. Like, you know what I mean? Like, so no, I like, I think like that is the right message, but I think also just making it a little more detailed, like in terms of this is what you're going to experience uh, in that kind of career. You know, this is what you're going to go like that. So like looking at sort of the whole big picture and the life cycle of things um, I think is what kids don't think about. It's just like, like me, like, Oh, I like to write. I'm going to go into journalism. Like, you know, it's like, you got to kind of dig a little bit deeper. So um, yeah, I think that that's how we can improve. And uh, you know, certainly as a, as a country within our school systems, elaborate on stuff like that and, and the things like credit scores and all that other stuff. Yeah. There's so many things like that in the world that stocks uh, that I wish like I would. It's another thing, man. That's I, I actually just got into stocks like a couple years ago and like, I love it. You know, I'm not like, I don't have a huge portfolio, but like I'm really into it. And it's like, why like, didn't like why didn't someone tell me about this like a long time ago you know i've always been so embarrassed by you know by those life things that i just never never clicked for me and never like were really explained to me uh you know even the idea of like having more than like one credit card or like multiple bank accounts things that you don't start thinking about at all like it took me like you said like it was in my 20s till i started thinking like Oh wow! I can't just keep all my money. (laughs) (laughs) I remember a girl told me she's like, "You just have a checking account," and I remember I felt so so small (laughs) when she told me that. When she was like responding like that, I was like, "Oh, do I need more? Do I need to put my money in like different places?" (laughs) I I didn't even realize. I good enough for you. And like when I think now, I even think like those are things that I know I would have to take finance for. And you know, when people say they know how to do, it's like, "Oh, you have like a friend that's an accountant." Yeah. (laughs) How'd you get into that? And I yeah. just feel so ignorant to it all. It was embarrassing for a lot of years. Yeah, absolutely, man. And like I said, that you know, when I declared my minor, like when I started taking finance courses, like into my like sophomore and junior year, like that's when I first started learning about that stuff. So, yeah, um, yeah it's it's interesting, you know, what what they don't teach you, but um, yeah, you know, the Pythagorean theorem and all that stuff. You know, you're well versed on. So no, you, you're you good. Know what the, you know what the <laughs> is, Adam. So. Uh, um, some point, I think when I say like, uh, 2009, 10 or something like that, I thought about going back to school to, mm-hmm. uh, get my master's in public policy. And I wanted to go to George Washington. Yeah. had to take GREs and I do all this studying on vocab because it's math vocab and writing. And I took like honors calc and I'm thinking like, I'm a whiz in math. And I learn all these vocab words, like 300 new words I learned in a summer. And I yeah. go to take my test. And I kill the English, the the vocab, I kill the writing, and I bomb in the math because I get there and I go, I don't know the last time I learned about tan I talk uh, tangents and sine uh, and cosine and hundred percent. I couldn't remember how to do algebra, like for the life of me, all that shit was just gone. It had only been like four years, five years, you know, out of my head, and I lost it all. So Thagorean theorem, no. Yeah, I remember. Hey, don't don't get it like twisted. I I remember the term. I have no idea what the Pythagorean theorem is right now. Like, you know, that geometry and I mean, those are I feel like for a lot of people courses where you just, you know, you you study, you know, to retain it, to take the test and then you take it and you forget it and you probably never have to use it again. Never again. So, 
Yeah. So you uh, you said that you kind of like once you graduated that you were able to kind of like find jobs and stuff. But when did you start like settling career wise to where you are now? Yeah. Um, I, so I actually ended up my first job. I ended up working uh, for a subsidiary of fidelity investments uh, for the mortgage division. Not what I thought I'd be doing, but you know, as, as you know, as I told you that, I didn't want to do the journalism thing. So I was like, okay, this is like kind of my chance to get into a financial institution. Um, and I did really well. I actually, I was in, I was in mortgage sales for them. Um, okay. And I remember there were guys like my age now or older. Um, and I came in like having no experience and was like one of the top people in my first few months. And I think, I think it's cause like, I just didn't know any better. Like I just didn't care. Like I was just picking the phone up, like calling whoever, like I did not care about anyone hearing me on the phone. Like I knew I was poor in college and I did, <laughs> and I wanted to have money now. And I was good. I was going to do whatever I had to do. Um, sounds, sounds like your dad. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it's funny. It's funny. It's, 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 it's definitely probably a similar mindset to, you know, uh, that he had back then, but yeah. So I, I ended up like one of my first months, I was number one on the whole sales team of like, you know, 50 people. Um, and I got a really nice commission check, like a lot, like even today, a lot, it would be a lot of money. And I was living in an apartment in Conshohocken, um, was basically just was living with a few friends. It was basically a continuation of college. Like we were partying all the time because we weren't ready to give up college. Um, so I like, I, I was like, Oh, okay. I was like, this is, this is it. I'm like, this is, this is what corporate life, like, I'm going to get these checks every month. Like I'm good. Like I, you know, so I like, I just blew like that, like, just like on just ridiculous, like shit. Like I remember, I remember like I'd go to the bank and take like a wad of cash out just to like have it yeah. to like walk just cause I wanted to feel like, yeah, like whatever, like just buying drinks at the bar, like buying like five video games, just like re- stupid, like ridiculous mm-hmm. shit. Then the, the whole mortgage crisis happens. The whole subprime mortgage crisis happens. Mm. This branch of Fidelity Investments goes out of business. <laughs> wow. So we all got laid off. So that was it. <laughs> so um, then, I, then I was at a crossroads because, you know, as you know, then like that's when we went into that recession then in like 2008. Mm-hmm. It was tough for a long time. And I tried going to a couple other financial institutions, but, and, you know, I had some success, but like, it was just so brutal then because like in, in terms of the mortgage industry, you had people living in homes, really, they had no business living in to, to be honest, where they owed more on their mortgage than the value of their home. And just in these just ridiculous situations, there was no way to get out of. Um, so then I realized like, I, I got to hit the reset button. Like, you know, this, this isn't for me, at least not right now. Like I, I can't, I can't live in a, in a nice apartment in Conshohocken and be able to pay for this. Um, so I, I hit reset and I think that's kind of where I, um, got in. That's, that is actually when I, when I got into the startup world. Um, and I stayed in like sales account management in a lot of roles. Um, but I, you know, it wasn't consistent in terms of the industry. Like I worked for a company for a couple of years that was like, selling selling leads to insurance agents like we had a website and we would collect information 
from people that wanted insurance. And then I would sell that information mm-hmm. uh, to people. So I did that. Like, and it was, but like, I wasn't happy. Cause I was like, like, what the hell? Like I went to college for this. Like, this is just some random like freaking job. Like I'm just taking. So anyone could have been plugged into that. Yeah, exactly, man. So I had a couple like that. Um, then I went to work, um, for IBM, um, which was good, you know, from, from the company standpoint, but the problem was the, the environment was just so toxic, man. Like the, the head of, uh, the head of sales there was just like, she was just like, not a nice, like just a bad person and like had favorites on team. It wasn't even, even playing field. There was a lot of shady shit going on. I knew that. Um, and I was getting older and like, I kind of started panicking. Cause I'm like, shit, like I'm out of school, like five years now. And I'm looking at like other people on LinkedIn that are, you know, with the same company since they graduated already getting promoted. And I'm like, like, I don't know what the hell I want to do with my life. I'm not like with anyone and just starting to feel like I'm like a loser, just like completely waste. Like, like you went to college for no reason. Like, um, but I, you know, I just, I just kept, you know, one thing about me, I just think like every, every new career, new position I've taken, I've, I've been ambitious and like just not settling. Um, just like, no, like this isn't it. Like I got to get to the next thing. Um, and then from there I've, um, um, I've had the luxury of being able to work for a, a few really solid, uh, startup companies. Um, I worked for one in Conchakin called Monetate, which is a pretty no name in the startup world. Um, the, their former CEO was on the cover of Philadelphia magazine a couple of years ago. Um, and that, I feel like that's really where it took off. I did really w- well there and that, that put me in position to be able to finally um, save money to put a down payment on my home with my wife, buy her a nice engagement ring, like kind of all that stuff. Um, I was there for a couple of years. So I kind of knew like, okay, like SaaS, like software as a service, like startup companies, like I like this vibe. It's the whole kind of like Amazon, like Zappos, like Silicon Valley, like couches in the office, ping pong tables, beer cooler, all that stuff. Like I just like the whole kind of laid back vibe, but also the opportunity to, you know, work with cutting edge technology and and make decent money if you do okay at it. So um, from there, um, I worked for a couple other companies. I actually, I'm I'm at my current company only six months now. Um, But prior to that, I was at a company for six years, um, which was the longest I was at a company. And, And I think that's really where I finally felt like, okay, like, you know, I'm building a career here. Like, you know, I know like yeah. the, the industry I want to be in, um, in the Philadelphia area, the startup world, there's a lot of them, but it's, it's kind of a tight knit group in like the forums and a lot of people belong to the same like LinkedIn groups and, mm. and stuff like that. So, um, that gave me some good experience. And now I think I'm in a spot where, um, I'm in a manager role right now. Um, you know, which is, which is something I was doing it at my last company. And, uh, yeah, you know, I, I love it. Um, you know, I just, I think I enjoy a lot of the people, um, or, or most of the people on my team are young. They're, they're the age I was, um, you know, when, when I was going through those struggles and just that uncertainty. And I think I want to help them, um, just kind of give them my life lessons, you know, not that, not that I have a, you know, crystal ball and, you know, I, I did everything perfectly, but just tell them like, it's okay. Like, you know, if you don't first, you don't see yourself being here for, you know, your whole career or, you know, whatever it might be, if they're struggling with certain things or similar things uh, that I'm to just, you know, hopefully being able to coach them through challenges. Cause I think now, like to our point earlier, you know, we were pre-internet kids at least, well, unless you consider like dial up modem and yeah, 
instant messenger, you know what I mean? But we didn't have like the social media and all, all that stuff that adds that extra layer of pressure um, to a lot of the younger generation. So um, I, you know, the opportunity to just hopefully be a mentor and coach some people and, you know, give them positive feedback and just make them feel better about certain situations is something I really enjoy. So um, it took a long time, you know, to, to get where I'm at. Um, it's only been six months. I, I feel like I'm doing okay, but um, yeah, I, you know, I think now I'm finally in a headspace where I'm not like getting down on myself and, you know, I'm okay with where I'm at. It's funny how that, that anxiety of the mid twenties and looking around to everyone who seems to be doing stuff and wow, they're a vice president already. How did yeah. that even happen? Like, yeah, what man. am I doing with myself? And as you get into your late twenties and you're really trying to figure out how that mirrors that end of high school you got to go to college. Everyone else is going to college. You you already got early acceptance. You got a scholarship. You're going. You're moving away. Wow. What are my plans? You know, it's it's exactly. funny how similar that anxiety is. Yeah. Oh, absolutely, man. Absolutely. But it's it. But much like that, had I known back then in my twenties, like had I known in my teens, that everyone or many people deal with that same uncertainty. Like you talk about what, you know, what do you, you know, not that you have that much to share. You do just the idea that you had those feelings back then and it's normal. Man, if I yeah. had known that over the last 15 years of my life, how normal this was, I would feel so, I would have felt so much better about the Absolutely. path I was on. Yeah, because I think to your point, like no one really has it figured out or only a small percentage do, you know, they have kind of the beeline of what they want to do. And I think we all think like, oh, everyone else has it figured out except me. Um, and I think it, you know, in this day and age, like it, it, it's, it has to be known that it's okay. Like, you know, like it's okay to, to be confused or not know what you want to do. In fact, it's normal. Um, so, you know, I think that's an advantage today, hopefully that the younger generation has that, um, just from a lot of the, you know, mental, mental health awareness stuff going on today that people are more accepting, um, of, you know, everyone not having it figured it out. Yeah. And, to, you know, to your point about the Internet, to be able to connect with with people, not just right in your immediate location, but to be able to reach out to other people or to hear other people's stories, people who share these types of things. Or you, you know, you can see people's paths and go, oh, that guy just figured this out in the last like two years. Mm -hmm. I can do this. You know, yeah. it's not a yep. you know, people are so honest with vlogs and, and stuff like that. And as far as industry information out there. Um, versus having to read like it was the trades back then, I guess, you know, to, yeah. or, or a good cocktail hour on a business trip, you know, to yeah. get these types of stories or experience. Now, so many people share this stuff. Yeah. Um, the internet really helps bring people into that world of community. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, you know, that's one of the areas that, you know, it's, uh, it's great for, and it's a positive thing. Yeah. Uh, favorite movie in school. Ooh, Dude, I don't know, man. Uh, I'm a big, I'm, you know, it's funny. I'm actually like, like everyone else in the world, uh, love, you know, good, a good uh, binge worthy TV series now. So don't watch actually as many movies today. I just feel like movies aren't as like good now. I, I don't yeah. know. I'm not, I still do, but you, you know what I mean? Like the Sopranos, I feel was kind of the first one. In fact, we were, I think we were seniors when Sopranos was on HBO. And That's I think right, that right. kind of, really started the whole drama series thing, but you're right back then it was all movies. Um, I don't know, man. Uh, I, 
it's super generic, but I saw Forrest Gump in the theater and I just feel like that's a good answer because yeah, it just, yeah. you know, it just encompasses like such a large period of time and just so many different like human emotions and interactions. And I just feel like, I don't know. It's, it's really generic, but no, that, maybe that, that I, uh, Shawshank Redemp- uh, Redemption is another one okay. that, that I absolutely, you know, loved back in the day. Um, I told you I loved above the rim in terms of like our, you know, our hip hop movies. Um, where we at on that? Oh, obviously, like I loved all the mob movies, man. Like Casino. Um, oh yeah. I actually like Casino better than Goodfellas. I'm probably of the unpopular really? opinion in that group, but yeah, I just I don't know why. I just like Casino better. Um, I love both, but I like Casino better. Yeah, I, I loved all the mob movies. Um, I'm trying to think what else. I know there'll be some I'm missing. As I said, I I do have a box of VHSs. There's definitely some VHS movies down there too. So where, to dig where, through that, see what I still have laying around. Where did you stand on Belly? Oh, I love Belly, man. I I actually, um, one of my friends, Eric, um, back in the day, he he actually got, it's funny, he got the Belly bootleg from the Italian market. Yes. Um, and it actually, it wasn't like, you know, we used to get the boom, bootleg with like someone would bring a movie, uh, you, hold, you know, yeah, a camera order. in the theater. <laughs> it actually was a promotional copy. So it was the okay. real movie. It just had like, you know, the subtitle at the bottom of the screen for promotional use only. So I actually got to see it, I think, before it even went into theater. Um, and I, I also ended up, I think, sneaking into the theater to see it, too. But um, <laughs> yeah, man, that's that's arguably it's funny. I saw something on social media. Someone asked, like, what's the best intro to a movie ever? Um, and it wasn't like a hip hop page. It was just like, you know, like it was like a, I don't know, like an entertainment page. And I, I immediately thought belly just because the whole black light scene. Yeah. Um, and I was like, no one's going to say it in the comments. And it was actually like the number, like number one or two response. Like yes. back to life, so, back to reality. Yeah. Not, not the best acting uh, in all scenes, but filmed really cool. And, uh, you know, the whole thing with, you know, the unfortunate passing of DMX, I actually watched it. Um, the night he passed, I, I, I watched it because I, I just, you know, I was sad about it. Um, and I was like, man, this, this is actually a really good movie. Like it's I didn't really like I was like just watching it more back then because I thought it was cool. You know, like I'm listening like I was a big DMX fan, like everyone else. The belly soundtrack was amazing. Yeah. Um, but I wasn't really like pay attention, paying attention to like the the artistry behind it or like what Hype Williams was trying to do from a director standpoint. Mm-hmm. And I think. I hadn't seen it in years and watching it most recently, I really admired just like the way it was filmed. Um, the acting wasn't as bad as I, as I thought. And um, yeah, it's, I think it's a pretty good movie. Yeah. It's not the worst. Uh, I think Nas was just recently talking about he DMX made him cry uh, cause he was so emotional when they were yeah. filming that movie that uh, wow. broke down. In yeah. Team. Nas wasn't the best actor in that. No. <laughs> and nor was T-Boz. Yeah, no. DMX was pretty good, actually. X was good. But, uh, X yeah, look, it's not it's not an Oscar worthy movie, but uh, it's just a great like '90s kind of hip hop, you know, hip hop film that uh, is yeah. to this day. It's it's a I mean it's a classic. I, I mean I guess like I don't know if it's, it's considered a cult classic, but it's definitely still a movie a lot of people talk about today. Yeah, I think it's a cult classic, and I put that one up there with like uh, Ghost Dog as kind of like the. I actually, never saw that one. Yeah. Really, I remember that was like a wasn't that like a RZA movie? It was like a Wu Tang uh, yeah, soundtrack like or something the, like that. Yeah, yeah I like never the way saw of the that samurai. one. Samurai. Yeah, uh, yeah. Because no. you know what it was with that? Point. It was um, in that movie. It was a lot of faceplate. 
uh, action going on where the ninja he where Forrest Whitaker as the ninja breaks into cars. And, oh, okay. Uh, and he he always like puts the faceplate on of the uh, car, you know, with the lights and all that shit. And Belly yeah. similar when they're always driving in the car. There's like the blue lights and stuff. And yeah, remember the faceplates used to have like all these different designs and equalizers and stuff that used to be yep. able to. You know, and that was like that was nineties. Oh, that was so like nineties world. <laughs> yeah, man, so nineties. <laughs> the last thing I got to do is we got to pull out the yearbook picture. Oh no, dude, it's so bad. <laughs> so you, but you mentioned you had the the bowl, but by this point you were done with the bowl. Yeah, I did. I, you know, I had kind of like the uh, like semi bowl going. Like it was more like a fade, it's, uh, like into the bowl. It's oh, like God. a, and it's like highlights. Yeah. Oh, yeah, dude. I I had some um sun in going on there. Is that what it was called? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Oh, dude, that's bad. Yeah, I kept like kind of like like a hybrid of the bowl. Like, <laughs> I got like a fade, like so it wasn't just like the cutoff, like from the you know like shaved head to the long, and uh, I think then started like gelling the top a little bit, got some length off there. So I actually <laughs> stuck with that for a while, like into college. Went in with the with the whole yeah shaved my head a couple times. Um, here I have a hat on now, but my hair is probably a mess, man. Here you go. Uh, this I don't like how this is looking right now, but <laughs> yeah, I got you know I got a little fade going on. So no, you know who kind of look like give like you that? a little sneak peek there. Actually, you know who you kind of look like is Edward Norton like that, dude. Oh my god, really? I can't believe you just said. That. I've never I've never thought that you were right <laughs> you there. You look so, like Edward. You know Norton. what's so funny? Do you remember uh, Julie Forster? Yeah. So my wife is friends with her and we were at a party over the summer. I was actually um, my wife's sister's party. She's a little bit older. Um, and Julie came with her husband and he's like, dude, you look like Edward Norton. And I was like, dude, I've never heard that in my life. Like I don't look like Edward Norton. So now whenever uh, my wife goes out with her uh, and sees her husband, I was like, Hey, where, where's Norton at? Well, here you go. You're the second person it. now Number that said two. it in, in six months. So I don't know, man. Maybe I look like Edward Norton. I'm... You're growing into a Norton. All right. Oh, I guess. I don't know, man. Good actor. Hey, great actor. <laughs> great actor. Yeah. Uh, let me read off your uh, your your statistics. Here, uh, dude, I hate my quote. You know, I put a I put a Peter Costa. <laughs> I don't. Dude, I don't know why. I think I was into the whole like carefree kind of. Listening to a, a lot of Bob Marley, Bob Marley. at that time, I should have put a Tupac quote, man, for sure. That would have been still, way more, way more representative of me, um, or, or just still, anything else, maybe. You, you do still have uh, Pac in here. Uh, I'll just read. You got golf for ninth grade, like you mentioned. You got indoor track for ninth grade. You got. Oh, key, I did. I did do that. Oh. You got key club ten through twelve, and you got oh, yeah. Aura, which your creative writing twelfth. Oh yeah, grade. forgot about that too, man. Uh, here you go. Thanks to my family and everyone who stood by me when I felt like it was just me against the world. Ah, okay. So there we go. So I think, so that, that's what I did. I wanted to, I mentioned me against the world. I love like kind of the generic quote at the end of that song. Um, so I probably should have put that in, but I think, yeah, again, I don't, dude, I don't know. I was like on a Bob Marley <laughs> kick or something. So I was like, Oh, I'll, I'll kill, I'll, you know, I'll kill two birds with one stone. I'll, you know, I'll put the Peter Tosh quote, but still incorporate Tupac. Like I've got good. a lot out of this space. Yeah. You definitely did. Uh, I'm not in this world to live up to your expectations. Neither, neither are you here to live up to mine. I am what I am. Is that not like a 16, 17, 17 year old quote? If you ever heard one, like just the whole rebellious, like, 
I've been saying lately the pressure to put something on here that was like that seemed cool yet representative of you yet something yeah. that you feel like would still be you years from now like the pressure was immense yeah and you know what like I'm sure that I don't know if you do this with all your guests but I I'm willing to bet a good majority of other people don't like the quote that they chose for uh for their senior yearbook so right every once in a while like maybe like five ten people of like the 50. I've like said that, oh yeah, this is still me. Or they like remembered exactly. Or it's like, yeah. wow, this is exactly what you were talking about. <laughs> you nailed it. But so many are just like, oh, cringe. Yeah. 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 Um, no, sure, man. no initials. One of the few one of the, not, well, there's, there's a lot, but I would think with someone that just kind of had like a good friend group, like you initials afterwards, after your quote in your entry, I didn't no, put initials, no initials. Wow. I don't, I don't, or, that me. maybe I just ran out of room. I was I, just going to say, you maybe I just out of <laughs> had a certain amount of characters. Know. I was like, everyone knows my name. So <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, that's all, all I can think of at least. Do you keep in touch with anyone from Wizzicken still? Yeah. Um, I have a group text with, with a few people. Um, I mean, to be honest, man, like not a ton of people. Um, like I, I bump, I'm still in the area somewhat. So I do bump into people here and there and, shoot the shit obviously um but i don't know man i think you know going along with kind of the whole getting away from social media you know i often joke that uh i haven't but i always say i've retired from social life because i've really just kind of become a homebody man like yeah. i just it's so funny when you know like you were saying when it became, it, we were in high school and it was Friday or Saturday night. You, you like got panicked if you didn't have something to do. You're like, I can't sit home. Like I, I have, which is normal for that age. Um, but then, you know, even, even when I got out of college, like I remember it would be Friday, like 10 AM and I'm calling people like, yo, like, what are we doing tonight? Like, just like so excited yeah. to go out. Um, which was just carryover from college. But I, I don't know at what point I did a complete 180. Um, and now like, I really don't want to go out a lot. Like, don't get me wrong. I like, I love, I still love to do stuff, but, um, if it's nothing crazy, like I'd probably rather just sit at home and like binge watch a good show, have yeah. a couple drinks. Like I, you know, I don't know, something like that. Also, you know, I think being a parent now, um, definitely adds to that. Um, you just, you know, you have different priorities, um, when you, when you, when you get to this point in your life. So, I think it was just kind of a, just, just a shift with getting a little bit older. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm not that exciting right now to be honest. So <laughs> comes, with the, comes with the age. I mean, I'm, yeah. I have no other responsibilities besides myself and I'm at that point now where I'm just like last week and I was like, man, if we could just, uh, just sit here and drink, drink a little wine and watch a little TV and be asleep by 1130, that would just be the dream right now. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure, man. Sleep till eleven thirty, man. I don't know the last time that's happened for me. Sleep but, at eleven thirty. Sleep. Oh, sleep at eleven thirty. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sleep at no, always yeah. up. That's the thing with 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 this age. I'm up. I love being up early. I hate sleeping in. Me, well, I'm up early out of necessity. I will say I am. I'm way more of a night owl. Um, I'm up late. Like even on work nights, I'm typically up till midnight every night. I think part of it also is just like that's like quiet time for me. Like my wife's asleep, my son's asleep. That's like the only time I really get to kind of be alone with my thoughts. So yeah. it's like, I don't want to just go to bed and waste it. Like sometimes if I'm tired, I do, but I don't know. That's some of my favorite time to just kind of, you know, if I'm just going on my phone or 
watching a football game or whatever. Um, so that's yeah, music. that's my music time. That's what I'm like. Cataloging yeah. Music same with me. That's, that's what I'm potentially making a playlist on Apple music late yeah. at night. Something like listen, waiting up till midnight uh, on a Thursday for when one of the new albums comes out to, yeah. to listen to that. So, um, yeah, that's what I do. Cool, man. Well, this has been so much fun. Like I said, I was looking forward to uh, looking forward to the talk. So I'm glad we got to get it done. Yeah, absolutely, man. I, again, I really appreciate you asking me and I'm um, really happy for you that, you know, you've uh, had this podcast going for a while now. How long has it been? Uh, two years. Two years. Oh, wow, man. Long. Congrats. Yeah, Congrats, man. Thanks. Man. Yeah, thanks. Well, it's been a hopefully. it's been a cool journey. <laughs> yeah, man. Absolutely. Well, I, I certainly, uh, you know, hope it keeps growing for you and, uh, you know, you continue to, to get guests on. I'll have to. You know, now that I've done it, I can cheat and, and go back and, and listen to some of the ones. And, and I'll certainly keep an eye out uh, now to, to see who you have on next. So, um, again, yeah. man, I can't thank you enough. It was, uh, was a lot of fun. All right. That was my conversation with Adam Salter. I was a little surprised that he maybe didn't look back on all of his interactions with other students quite as positive as maybe I remember my own experiences. So much like people often tell me that I wasn't as bad as I possibly remember myself. Maybe we all see ourselves in a little bit of a different light then the outside world sees us. So thanks again to Adam for a fun time just catching up for a couple hours. In two weeks, we're doing a special extra credit episode for the Thanksgiving holiday week. I'll be talking to my 12th grade English teacher, Miss McCracken. Miss McCracken's been mentioned a few times during some of these episodes, Sean McAmin, Zach Rowe, as one of their favorite teachers, uh, myself, I've mentioned having some memorable experiences with Miss McCracken, and I found her, reached out, and she was extremely receptive. And I know I say it all the time, a fun conversation. This was a fun conversation. Miss McCracken's been living in New Zealand for the last decade plus. She's been pretty removed from U.S. politics, U.S. culture, and more importantly, was a hicken. But she's got a great memory that starts coming back as we start talking about things. And she's just really open about her time and a lot of things that I just didn't know. All right, that is it. I'll see everybody in two weeks on a Monday morning with an extra credit episode with my guest, Miss McCracken. Later.